Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins. I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and the CEO of Canacuck Camps, Joe White. Wow. Shay, thank you. Great to be with you again this morning. I love, I love the Can of Cook podcast. It is a blessing. We love to uh, be a blessing to our audience and to minister through this platform. It's so fun. Um, so, Joe, this last year has been filled with strife in our country, sadly. Um, in fact, last week we brought the Robbins kids out for a meal. And there's a couple things that happen when you do that. Number one, you leave all the mess at the restaurant and you spend a fortune, but it's the best money spent because you can leave the mess behind. But anyway, we roll up into this restaurant and we come into the dining area and Fox News is on and I sit my kids down and I immediately, as a parent, I, I go on kind of like in guardian mode because everything that's on the news right now, regardless of the network, is sad and scary and filled with anxiety and fear. And, and I've got little ones sitting there and, and time after time, I just, you know, at restaurant after restaurant, we just ask, Hey, would you mind changing the channel? Because it's just too much. It's too much for a kid to process in a healthy way. And, and just that, you know, that's just a little snapshot of, the greater conversation that we want to open up today that we think is really important. And so what we're talking about today is, is how do you talk to your kids about chaos and conflict in today's culture? And um, we think it's super important. Joe, you know, you've been helping families raise kids for decades. What's your perspective on this? Yeah, Shay, um, Jesus is, everybody knows in John 16, 33, he kind of ends his exhortation to his disciples uh, the night before he's crucified, and he he lays out the case for the United States of America in 2021 uh, when he says, you know, uh, in me you'll have peace, and parents to to let that echo throughout your house 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In me you'll have peace, and he goes on to say, in the world in America in in 2021, in the world you'll have tribulation. No kidding. But he said, uh, take courage, for I've overcome the world. And as we invest our home in the life and teachings of Jesus, um, th th there's, there, there, it tends to just, it tends to flatten out the waves. And yet, as we do that, the kids are still filled with angst from the political issues they hear about as you limit the television in your house, and yet through their peer talk and through their school talk and through their social uh, media talk and through their TikTok talk and their Instagram talk and their Snapchat talk, there's conflict in their culture towards the issues they stand for from the home. And, you know, in a way, it's a perilous time to be a parent, but I'm of the opinion that there's a way for parents to parent well during this time and to raise kids of strength and courage. 
And uh, that's why we've brought in two of the really all-stars of the Canacuck team uh, that Shay's going to be talking with here in a few minutes uh, to really give us their perspective. They've got kids of several ages, some younger and some older, in their houses. And Shay, I'm of the perspective that the two guests you have today are really doing a great job of navigating through the waves of the conflict of the country that we live in uh, in this age that we live. I know it, Joe. Well said. So our two guests today, uh, first is Jimmy Funderburk. Jimmy also is known as the mayor of Branson. He loves shaking hands and kissing babies, and uh, he has a great reputation. He has three boys, two of which are, are grown and out of the house, and then a young teenager, and so he's going to give us the old dad perspective. How do you feel about that, Jimmy? Well, I feel, I feel great that I get to be in here and be the old guy. Well, so. both, you know, Jimmy and Don are... Uh, like I said, of great reputation. We look up to them. Uh, our whole community looks up to them. And and I think they've done a great j- job raising three fine Shay, young I, men. I have to interject. Please do. Jimmy's kids <laughs> are some of the best kids that have ever come through Canica camps. I mean, the dude ain't perfect, but, but what he and his bride do at home has really staggered all of us around Canacuck land. These are some really good kids we're talking about. That's very kind to say. You bet. And our second guest, one of my best friends on earth, Kevin Harrison. He's the assistant men's director over at Canacuck K West. And Kevin is a, in my mind, he is one of the best youth ministers in the country. And I and I really don't say that lightly. Uh, before he came to Canacuck, he worked for K-Life Ministries and and his chapter of all the K-Life chapters was the example for all others. He also is a mayor. He's the mayor of Kirksville, Missouri. He loves shaking hands and kissing babies too, and also comes to us with a a great reputation. But his wife, Chelsea, uh, and he have a large family. They've got a bunch of younger kiddos. They've also done some uh, fostering of kids, bringing kids in from our community to care for them in a time of need. And they're, you know, if I was going to tell you one thing about their parenting, Kevin and Chelsea are intentional. And so we're excited to get his perspective on the conversation in regard to being a parent of younger kids. So uh, that being said, Jimmy, would you just tell us a a little bit about your family? Absolutely. Yeah, I've been married to my wife, Dawn, now for 26 years. Um, We have three boys. Uh, We have a 23-year-old who lives in Dallas, Texas, and is newly married uh, and still going through his master's program there. We have a sophomore, Graham, who is at the University of Arkansas. And then we have Will, who is an eighth grader at uh, Branson Junior High. And uh, Don and I moved here to Branson uh, just as soon as we got out of college. We got to Branson as soon as we could and uh, moved here about 26 years ago. Yeah. You know, Jimmy, you've had some amazing influences in your life in regard to marriage and family, haven't you? Absolutely. So this is a fun thing. One of the heroes of our community, and really he's a hero of marriage and family worldwide, is Gary Smalley. Absolutely. And uh, for years, both you and my mom um, happened to work for Gary and his ministry. Um, and and so you got to be under one of the masters. I did. What are some things that you took from from Gary and and just his teachings and applied to your family. You know, working for Gary, I I started working for Gary basically the week 
after I finished school. I moved to, I got married, moved to Branson and started working for Gary Smalley. And I knew who he was. I'd met him through my time working at Canicut camps in the summer. I worked at camp with, with his son and, um, that I got to work for him for 10 years. And some of the things that I got to watch him do is the way I saw him treat people. And what I learned from him is people will may forget some of the things you say to them, but they'll always remember how you treat them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really gleaned from him. His word that he used throughout his whole ministry and his whole life was honor and how to honor others and not just honor your spouse, but honor everybody in any type of relationship that you may be in and how to put others first, you know, and others needs first before yourself. And the other thing I really learned from him is at the time in 1994, you know, the whole personality traits were just coming out and they were they were kind of new and just learning the differences is the way that Kevin may react to something or the way Shay or Joe may react to something really depends a lot on what type of personality they have and I had coming into that I had no idea what that meant and so that helped me so much over the years to realize why I react to certain things is because of what my personality is. And it really helps you in your relationships with others to really understand and, and know how they're going to react to something, you know, is basically dependent on, on what type of personality they have. And so if I can take away two things of my 10 years I got to spend with Gary and working with Gary, it's to honor people you work with and that you live life with. And, and then really try to understand where they're coming from. I want to ask you this, Jimmy, and, and Joe, I want you to chime in on this as well. But that word honor is, is important. It's very important. How do you honor your opponents in your home in front of your kids? Right? So our country has been divided into sides. And, and, and largely it's, you know, within your communities— you don't feel that, but on a national level, you know, on the national level, on the news, on social media, it's the divide is clear and it is angry and mean hearted and uh, with no patience. So in your home, as you're filtering this as an adult, how do you honor your opponents in front of your kids? And why is that important? I think it's important for your kids to see, first of all, that as a parent, you really have an understanding of who's ultimately in control of all things, and that's the Lord. And that if somebody has an opinion on something, that they are made in God's image and that they need to be listened to. You need to, you need to honor that person in, in at least by, by a, with a listening ear and, and a heart that, that says, I care you know, and to put the needs of them, you know, above yourself so you can just show that you, that you listen and that you care for that person. Yeah, Shay, we had learned so much through the years of parents who are doing a great job in their home, even with kids who are on the other side of the river. And in terms of what they're doing and what they're saying, then you as a parent are. 
I remember one family had a son who really went south. He, he started using all kinds of drugs over a long period of time, and yet his mom and dad continued to love that child, and they maintain a relationship through that. Well, the son eventually, because the way his parents treated him and honored him, he eventually came to the right side in terms of how he behaved and the things he was doing to his body and his mind. And now he is absolutely a thousand percent committed to his faith that his parents, you know, put into his life. And I asked his mom, charming lady, and she did what Jimmy talked about, what Gary Smalley talked about, his old ministry. She continued to honor him through, throughout the crisis. And I said, how do you do that? And she said, well, we hate the sin, but we love the son. And so in honoring, as First Peter chapter 2 says, in honoring every man, it doesn't mean that you have to give up your ground on what you believe is scripturally correct in that man or woman and what that political figure is doing and not doing. So honoring a person does not mean that you have to go along with that person's opinion, but you keep loving your child, no matter what the issue is, no matter what the age is, even in the conflict that their opinion may differ with you on. Mm, thank you for that insight. Kevin, why don't you tell us about your family? Shay, thanks. My, I've been married to Chelsea for 11 years. We got married right out of college, started working in camp or in a kid ministry with a ministry called K-Life there in Kirksville, Missouri. We have four kiddos, two girls, they're nine and seven years old. And then we have uh, two boys, five years old and nine months old. So we are very active and fun family and just having a blast raising uh, a third grader, first grader, preschooler and a kid in diapers. You know, Kevin, you're the one that brought this topic up. You suggested it um, because it's where you and Chelsea are at right now. It's things that you're actively processing. Tell me about just your heart um, in regard to the topic. Sure. So we um, we set out, Chelsea and I set out to be proactive rather than reactive in, in parenting to the best that we can. When the events happened last week in the election, we were just like, we feel so reactive right now in, in what's happening. So how can we be proactive? How can we engage in this conversation? And and things were happening where the news has its influence, but we're also seeing that when our kids go off to school, they're coming home with, with ideas or thoughts that are being passed down from parents to their kids and then on to, to our kids. For example, our middle daughter, she gets in the car one one day and um, is just worried, has a look of anxiousness, and it's during the debate season of the presidential election. And she heard from a friend of hers who heard from her mom that one of the presidential people running to be president was an evil person and that if was elected evil and, and this person was bad. And in that, we began to realize how do we engage with a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old in conversations about what's happening? And how do we lower their level of anxiousness, but give them knowledge and information for them to understand and process what's going on? Mm -hmm. And within that, I'm still trying to process what's going on in areas where I've never experienced the chaos and conflict that's happening in our culture. So it's a 
dine it's there's a lot of moving pieces as Chelsea and I try to process it personally then how do we give our kids the information they need for them to process it Shay there's a big elephant in the room um that I I want to address just for a second and uh and the big elephant in the room is parental conflict over issues they're alive in social media and politics and church and everywhere else. I, I just want to commend uh, uh, the two families that we're talking about today and the two marriages that we're talking about today. They do a great job on both sides. Their wives, I know, and of course, these two men I know and admire uh, greatly, but they do a great job of working out their issues away from their children. And the reason their children are growing up exemplary through the Kennecook camps is because their mom and dad are working overtime behind the scenes to make sure that when they're with their children, they're on the same page. It is essential to raise emotionally balanced children that the parents together before the children show emotional balance in their marriage. And if they disagree, it's away from the children. Parents, it is essential, especially if each of you in your marriage are highly opinionated type folks, like my wife and I are, about biblical issues that appear in social life, that you take care of that behind the scenes and not in front of the children. It's so important to have a united front. You know, one of our family values is that we're a marriage-centered home. And and we, the kids know that, we talk about it, and the reason that we do is because we want our kids to know, number one, that we're not a kid-centered home. They're not going to be making the decisions about where we go, when we go, what we eat. That's mom and dad's role. And we model that strategically so that they grow up and they have a marriage-centered home and are healthy. And that, that godly heritage of a healthy home and a healthy marriage is passed on down through the generations of the Robbins family. And, and so, Jimmy, I want to go to you and just talk about, you know, the teenage years and, and raising some older kids as you're processing this. So specifically, how have you processed the pandemic, political and racial tension in our nation um, with your boys at their age over the last, say, nine months? Well, it's been it's been an interesting journey. One thing to, to finish that topic, and I think I've heard Joe say this, and I know I've heard Gary say this, is that the number one way you can love your kids is to make them see you love your spouse, to make sure they know how much you love your wife, how much you love your husband, and that gives them that, that sense of security to know that everything's good at home. And if everything's good at home, then how bad can the world be? You know what I'm saying? We see it on the media and things like that. And, you know, and I mean, my advice is to turn off the media, but, you know, you see what's going on in the world and how crazy and, and things can be like that. But if they sense that love at home, it's just that extra sense of comfort that that will help a child and having three children of three different ages you know so back to your question of what it was like these past nine months it, well it was wild you know i had a child that was living in dallas he had a full-time job down there in school so he never came home and so he learned to process it 
basically by himself, you know, with with his peers around him. I had a child at the University of Arkansas who I could not believe the day in March I got a phone call saying, school's shutting down, can you come help me move out? You know, that's when it first hit me that this thing's real. And then within just a, you know, a few hours later, we're getting phone calls from Branson School saying, not only that, school shut down, you know, so this, this is something real that we're going to have to deal with and deal with it, you know, quickly. So, you know, what can we do to keep some sort of, you know, normalcy in their, in their life? You know, what, what did it, you know, and so Dawn and I got together and we thought, well, the best thing to do is kind of keep some sort of structure going. Cause I know, you know, in my, in my kids' minds, it was like, sweet, we're off, you know, vacation, summer has started, you know, but you know, it's so far from the truth. We, we kept them, uh, how we dealt with it is we, we kept them on as much of a schedule as possible. And, uh, from getting up and getting their schoolwork done to getting some sort of workout done. And thank the Lord that I work at Canicut camps because we have a huge playground right here. So my kids during the pandemic spent a lot of time right here, you know, burning off steam, burning energy and, and, you know, I think if you were to ask them what it was like, they may have a different view of it than a lot of us because they enjoyed their, you know, their time getting to spend here. But so that's how we deal. We dealt with it. We um, what about from a conversation standpoint, like emotionally dealing with the the tension in our country, the tension in our country? I think a lot of it is um, at least with my boys anyway, I think they learn a lot by, by watching and observing. And like when they see us react to things off, off the media, what's going in our country, you know, we definitely want to have conversation about it. Um, one thing I really admire about my son, Zach, who's on his own in, in Dallas, you know, he was a graduate, he has a podcast of his own and he grew up in Branson, Missouri, where you know, we're kind of sheltered here, we're kind of sheltered away, you know, and so he didn't really deal with much tension, things like that growing up. So being in Dallas, Texas, with everything that went on this summer, with dealing with the pandemic, with dealing with racial tension, with dealing, I was proud of him that he actually reached out, you know, and actually asked people, you know, what they thought to actually try to learn, you know, different people's points of view and, and, uh, things like that. So I was really proud of him for that. And then as far as with Graham and Will, uh, here, you know, just every day was, was conversational, you know, and just, Hey, what's going on today? What are you dealing with today? What's, you know, after a while and after the pandemic really rolled on and we were getting closer to summer and we realized things aren't going to look the same baseball is not happening as of now, you know, stuff the kids really enjoyed. You could kind of see a, just not a depression, but sort of, uh, this is really starting to stink, you know? And so just having those conversations with them of, you know, how does this, how does this make you feel? How can we, you know, help you work through it and just, just staying in constant conversation with them and then just making sure that, you know, you're a good example for them of what they're, of what they're watching on a daily basis. Kevin, going back to that conversation with Charlie, when she came home, 
How, how did you address her, her fears? What did you tell her? Right. We first settled her mind and her heart to let her know that what she might have heard from her friend is being processed in a way through feelings and emotions that they're dealing with that we are going to come back. And so we were able to say to her, we don't know if this person's evil or bad. And I think what we were wondering there is Charlie for Christmas, she asked for, um, she asked for history books. So she is into soaking in American history and kids. American history books right now are written from a perspective where she's reading about the heroes. She's, she's reading about the victories of our nation and our country. And so when she filters this through president, a president of the United States that I've been reading about could be a bad person. That's pretty, that doesn't match up with what she's reading there. And so the first thing that I saw of importance there is for her to assure her that, that that person is not evil or wrong from a, from a perspective of they're not trying to harm your world right now, that you are safe and where you're at. Cause that's what it looked like. She was trying to express. I am worried. I'm anxious. Am I safe? Is something bad going to happen to us or to our nation? Half the battle there is leaning in with your kiddo and understanding how she's processing it. Right. I mean, the brilliance in that is knowing what her perspective was and her perspective was uh, American heroes should be leading our country. Right. Correct. And, and why wouldn't it be the perspective right. of a young kid? It also opens the door for the gospel. Correct. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It also opens the door for building into our kiddos at a young age, a biblical worldview. So a, a picture of the scriptures speaking into what's taking place in our life. And so the Harrison home a biblical worldview has begun with just elevating the importance of scripture because they're not going to be able to look at things right now and begin, begin to think, I want to have a biblical worldview for this but they can begin to see how influential and important the scriptures are just in general. So there's a few ways we do that in the Harrison home. One, in the morning at the breakfast table, we are listening through the scriptures. In two years, we're going to read and listen through the entire Bible, building a biblical foundation for them to say, this book is important. There's truth in here that is crucial to how we respond. So we build a biblical worldview. And right now we're in the book, or we just finished the book of Leviticus. So there was some, um, we went there, <laughs> we went there with nine and seven year olds. So, but we are laying the foundation for a biblical worldview. And then on the way to school, we pray through our family values that are all lined up with scripture. And then at night, when we lay them to bed, we pray a scripture verse over each one of our kiddos, laying the foundation that when it comes down to the chaos and everything that's going around us, that we are going to approach those conversations from a biblical worldview. And I think it's important to start with them at young, building them a trust and belief that the scriptures can speak into what's going on in their life. Joe, I'm going to tee you up because you're, you've been a champion of a biblical worldview for decades. But when I was 20 years old, I was sitting in my apartment in Ames, Iowa, at Iowa State University. And I woke up that morning and turn on the TV and the two towers, the World Trade Center was crumbling um, in New York City. And I remember sitting there 
with my roommates, none of us having any semblance of a biblical worldview, just a totally secular, humanistic, foolish college guy's perspective. And, and as I watched that play out, I had no footing. I had no way to emotionally process it. Joe, why is it so important that parents help their kids establish a biblical worldview? Well, Shay, I don't refer to myself as a big-time Democrat or a big-time Republican, uh, but I am committed to the truth of Scripture. It's the only unshakable foundation there is. And, you know, if we want stable children, emotionally stable children— then they've got to have a rock-solid foundation. It's not Debbie Joe and I, although we can do everything we can to present the same values to our children we can and to present them well, but we're not a stable foundation. You know, every personal human relationship shakes and trembles, and we falter. We're sinful, as you said, but... But if the Word of God has got steel in the concrete, like rebar, <laughs> if you've ever poured concrete and built foundations and stuff, in the concrete where the kid's foundation doesn't sink when they're talking to their friends or when they're looking at social media or getting bombarded with all these different channels of, of ideas and opinions when they look at somebody else's iPhone, their own iPhone or computer or whatever they're looking at. But their foundation is solid, and Jesus is stability, and his truth never changes. And by the way, it's been working well for a couple thousand years in families more difficult than yours and mine. But if, if, if our kids really know down deep in their bone marrow where he stands, because he knows, he invented truth— <laughs> He, he built life. He, he, he loves your kids more than you do. Isn't that great? And so if they know him, as Kevin said, through intentional faith building in the home, then their foundation is secure. No matter what's rumbling above the foundation, their foundation is secure. And yes, it takes hard work, as Kevin said, but parents, it is doable. Jimmy, I want to, you know, you've You've got kids that have come all the way through your house. How would you encourage parents strategically to lay that biblical foundation for their kids? Just through, it's through time. It's through prayer. It's through scripture memory. It's through living by example. Um, letting you, letting them see you fail, letting them see you succeed, and then being there with them through whatever they're going through every step of the way. Don't miss anything. I mean, one thing that I've learned over the last 23 years is I can't, I can't tell people enough, especially younger people, how fast life is and it's gone before you know it. And so don't miss a thing. Don't, I mean, make it a priority to be there for your child every step of the way. And, uh, just make it a point to be a major part of their life and every major decision of their life. And I think by that, you know, then they'll learn by example and they'll do the same, you know, as they're older. 
Jimmy, I, I love the way you put that. And I, I think the, just the idea that, you know, the scriptures are given to us as a firm foundation to stand on. They are black and white, but this life is full of shades of gray and God has an answer for that too. He gave us the Holy Spirit to help us navigate those difficult places. Mommies and daddies, we're, our role is to move kids from control to influence. Control when they're young. We're going to protect them. We're going to shelter them. We're going to provide for them. But as they grow up, we're going to transition from control to influence to help prepare them, to help loosen them up, to expose them to more and more and help them process it from a biblical worldview so that when they're 18 and they leave the home, they are mentally, emotionally, and spiritually equipped to stand on their own two feet. That's not an easy task, but praise God, we have God's word and the spirit to guide us through the way. Joe, I'm going to hand it off to you for the final word. Well, Shay, I've got to confess, when my kids were growing up, uh, I didn't do a great job of it, honestly. Um, there was political conflict then, just like there is now, and there always will be. Uh, and I was I was bitter. Uh, and, I, and I wasn't bitter because of Democrats, Republicans. I was bitter because of uh, the beginning of the explosional, uh, what a word, explosional, uh, uh, discredit for human life. And um, boy, it was really hurting me. You know, I, I've got great friends who've got children born with uh, mental disabilities, and they're the good night. They're the most wonderful kids uh, I know, and the way their parents love their children, and they just become the relationships they've built in the home. And, and you know, in, in today's uh, pro-abortion world, those kids don't have a chance, as well as, you know, kids of other issues that are, you know, uh, where there's every encouragement in the world to abort those children. And, you know, one thing Scripture is clear on is life, the value of life of all ages. And so I was bitter. And unfortunately, I, I've stayed bitter. And I, I didn't speak life and value consistently, uh, you know, to my children. But have grown <laughs> over the years. It's never too late to start, parents, in in just the ability to talk about uh, difficult scriptural issues that appear in social channels. I mean, appear in political channels. Experience express them well. Uh, one thing that I've learned over the years with my children, which you know, by, by the grace of God, they've turned out wonderful, um, is is that. Our conversations in the home need to be Philippians 4.8 conversations. And a Philippians 4.8 conversation, no matter what the conversation is about, uh, and you need to memorize it, and, and you need to memorize it with your children as soon as possible. Uh, and it says whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise, let your mind and conversation dwell on these things. And so if it doesn't fit through the Philippians 4.8 filter, then, then don't talk about it. As Jimmy said, you can talk about political figures or social figures or media figures or anybody else through that filter and do it well in the home. It puts a flavor, a peace 
and positivity in the home. Kids need to grow up with a spirit of positivity in the home. It's so very important for happy children. It's it's the chief core value of Kanakuk is positivity uh, through the scriptures. And and then uh, Kevin I, and and Jimmy and and Shay, I see y'all do this so well with your children. But um, we elevated the value of memorizing Scripture with our kids from about age three till they got out of high school. And you've heard me talk heard me talk about this before, parents. But I'll talk about it till the day I die because it is the it is the deal. It's the skeleton key that opens every lock. As you, as Deuteronomy six says, as you put Scripture on your children's heart, literally you paint their hearts with Scripture. And as Psalms 1 says, if they meditate on it day and night, as you meditate on it day and night, you'll be blessed in whatever you do. And so the key when you're memorizing Scripture with your kids at night for us before they went to bed and at breakfast is when we did it, but kind of putting bookends on their day, is, is the power of asking great questions. And parents, if this is all we learned during this interview, it would be worth the time you've had to listen on this podcast. But le- asking great questions is a Jesus-like quality because it helps your children unpack well whatever the topic is. And it keeps you from pounding sermons and opinions into their brain and letting them develop their biblical worldview. And you ask questions like, describe what God is saying in this passage. Describe what that political figure or actress or actor is saying in those words. Uh, What do you think about what you've just heard today from this Bible verse we're memorizing? Uh, How do you feel about what you're learning uh, today? Um, you know, kind of what's going on here for you in this discussion we're having? Uh, how do you see what's being said uh, being important in your future as a dad, as a mom, as a husband, as a wife, as, a, as an employee or CEO? And, and parents, if you get really good when your parents are talking, instead of pounding an opinion, you'll create safety in your relationships with your children, just as you will with your spouse if you're married. And safety in conversation is the highway of success in a relationship. Hear me, folks. And as your spouse or your children are giving an opinion, whether it's the same opinion you have or not, if you'll just pose the next question to let them continue to unpack and maybe even through the question, see a better perspective where it becomes their perspective and not your perspective. Then, moms and daddies, then when they go off to college and you're not there or when they go on a date and you're not there, it's their worldview and not just your worldview. And when the fraternities and sororities and teammates start pounding alcohol and drugs and illicit sex into their life, which will happen on every college campus there is, 
some campuses more subtly than others, by the way, but it's there. They have their own ground to stand on, and they can begin to discuss these topics well from their own biblical perspective. It's not just key. It is essential <laughs> to happy, spiritually sound, and mentally stable children. Thank you, Joe. Um, Kevin and Jimmy, we just want to encourage you guys. Y'all are doing a great job, and we're so thankful to have you on our team and breathing life into our audience. And we want to thank you, our audience, for sharing your time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to family. With that, I'll pray for you. Father, we come to you today, and we just pray that this message and these words and this truth would fall um, into people's ears and their hearts at the right time, that it would encourage them uh, to grow in their intentional parenting, Lord. And we just pray blessings over their family and their children. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Thank you.